Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCullough. Uh, you know uh, what I like, Clarice Connelly? <laughs> yes, Christopher McCullough. Uh, I like ontological coaching. Yeah, me too. Right? It's yeah. uh, it's cutting edge. It's like it addresses not only the doing but the being like that. So there are a couple of great uh, schools in the world where you can learn to be on a true on what I'm going to call true ontological coach. They're based steeped in ontological coaching. Of course, our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching, is one of those places. But another great place is Newfield Network, which I believe was founded by Julio Alaya. And uh, Julio is amazing. I've seen him in person. Here's what the guy said one time. He was in front of, I don't know, a couple hundred coaches doing a demonstration, and this guy was really, really stuck and uh, just wouldn't move in the, in the coaching conversation. Here's what Julio did. He said, you know, let's play some music. And he, like, pulled up his, I don't know, phone or radio or whatever he had in those days radio. and started playing some salsa or merengue music. And this guy who's, you know, a 50-year-old guy, white guy, um, he says, would you just start dancing with me? Just start moving your hips. And the guy's like, I, I don't see what this has to do with my coaching request. And he said, just do it with me, will you? You know, and they both, he sort of showed him some moves, right? So they're both dancing essentially in front of this group of hundreds of people. And uh, uh, Julio looks up at the, at the audience and says, I have found that sometimes you have to move your ass to get your mind moving. <laughs> but it was such a brilliant, and now maybe I'm misquoting the guy, but it was a brilliant brilliant coaching move and sure enough the guy like started thinking in different paths anyway that's my little ontological coaching story and i tell you because we're pleased delighted and honored to have uh, a gentleman here who's not only internationally known but actually international uh, speaking today from barcelona uh, he's a coach a trainer and an author who has worked uh, for 17 years as an ontological coach as well as a background in education. His roles have included working internationally as both the COO and CEO of Newfield Network, uh, one of the premier coaching schools globally. He was also a senior course leader there for eight years. He has advanced training in ontological coaching and somatic coaching and is a PCC by the International Coach Federation. Also the co-author of a new book called The Unopened Gift. Uh, now, how do you say this word? Is it primer? primer? It's not primer. It's a primer. It's primer. I uh, always say primer, primer, but I think East Coasters say primer. No, nope. in I'm emotional. An this is the important part. Emotional literacy, literacy. like all caps, bold, exclamation point. That's right. Literacy. Joining us from his home in Barcelona, Barcelona, we welcome Dan Newby. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank you so much. Thanks Great for- introduction. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, I'm going to put sounds, that on my resume. Sounds very familiar. I spent a lot of years in the room with Julio, and I'm absolutely sure that happened exactly the way you described <laughs> it. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, Dan, you spent a lot of time in the whole ontological coaching world, and now you wrote a book on, uh, pr- first of all, how do you he's, pronounce he's that word? really having a hard time with this. It's kind of funny. Well, I honestly don't know because I wrote it. I didn't say it, but I was <laughs> I've heard it as both primer and primer, but I think the important thing is it's really a beginning place. It's an introduction for people who want to learn about emotions in a way that maybe they've never imagined before. 
I kind of feel like this whole like getting stuck in the word primer is a avoidance of like the actual important <laughs> what, piece. What should we be actually talking about? Emotional literacy. <laughs> Say. Yeah. So, you know, your work is focused in emotional literacy. How do you define that in comparison to emotional intelligence? The thing that everybody's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence. Yeah. Well, the, the distinction I make is this, is that if you make it analogous to literacy with word or language literacy, is that, you know, all of us have had our IQ measured. And so we have this potential for learning, this potential intelligence we still need to train it up. And, and one of the primary things, the first thing we do when we're growing up, when we're children, is we learn to read, we learn to write, and we develop the capability of being literate. And I would argue and present to you that the same thing is a possibility with emotions. We focus so exclusively on cognitive learning, but actually emotions are quite the same. Is When I work with people, even the simple question of, what emotion is present for you right now often stumps them because mm-hmm. they aren't used to noticing the energy they're feeling and naming it. So even this beginning to name emotions and recognize them is essential. And for me, that's really the beginning of emotional literacy. So I think the distinction is that when I think about emotional literacy, it's really the practice of learning, of naming, of navigating, of noticing, leveraging, using our emotions. So although there's theory behind it, it's really the practical application of that theory. Like what? How would I, well, you know, I'm going through my life. I'm mostly ignoring yep. my own and other people's emotions because I'm a dude. So uh-huh. how, how would emotional literacy impact me on a daily basis or in one interaction, for example? Yeah, sure. Great. Well, um, I'll give you an example. I work uh, sometimes with school systems or I work with NGOs, but I find this in for-profit businesses too and with leaders is often people will be, confused or not understanding why am I so exhausted because I'm doing something I love to do I'm serving people and one of the things that they don't often recognize is that well service can be thought of as an emotion but there's another emotion that sits right next to it which is sacrifice Mm. and the difference between these two is that in service we work on behalf of other people but it energizes us, it nourishes us. In sacrifice, it actually depletes us. So sacrifice is not sustainable as an emotion or an energy to come from. But what's interesting is that most of us going go around in our lives saying, I'm serving, without realizing that actually a big piece of what we're doing is sacrificing. Now, there's no good or bad about that. It has to do with your energy and the sustainability. But I know that in my life, I grew up calling everything service, and I had exactly the situation in my life, which was exhausting me. And once we have that distinction, then we can be choiceful. Then we can make a choice about, do I want to say yes to this out of service? Do I want to say yes to this out knowing it's sacrifice and knowing it's going to cost me energy, but I still choose to do it anyway? And I think just having that choice changes things for people. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of situations where just simply having a clearer understanding or a clearer distinction about the emotion helps us make a choice that's more in alignment with what we want in our lives. I'm I'm starting to get on board here because, you know, most of, again, 
just to be clear, I'm a dude. So here's what I know about emotions. Sad, mad, glad, right? Mm-hmm. People have introduced thoughts like lonely, and I get mm-hmm. hungry. But that's, you know, I'm not, uh, we cannot say that I'm uh, particularly literate with emotions. I thought, I think all this, ups, uh, you know, upheaval and excitement about emotional intelligence is good. But what I see about emotional literacy is that when we start getting the shading, when we start having the words for the different experiences of emotion, we then increase not only our choices, but our ability to recognize ourselves, right? If you mm-hmm. say sad, mad, or glad, you know, that's not like, well, mostly I'm fine, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, well, there's so, there's so many things here because it's not just learning to name emotions. For instance, another piece of emotional literacy is understanding, well, what, it, what are emotions in a way that is really useful and practical? And if you go to the root of the word emotion, it literally means that that puts you in motion, that that puts you in action or the energy that moves you. And we even say this. We say, oh, I was really moved by that scene in the movie. Right. And what we're saying is it produced, it provoked an emotion, even though we're not being clear which emotion. So we do recognize this, all, all human beings do, when you begin to get down to this level. What's the energy you're feeling right now? And what name would you put on that? And it's nothing more or less than that. Because if you think about emotions this way, they're quite logical, is that you, know, you can think all day. You can think all you want. You can make plans. But nothing actually happens until you go do it. Well, what is it that gets your body to go do it? Well, it's the energy of emotion. So if you're committed, you go do it in one way. If you're resentful, you do it in another way. Mm. If you're sad, you do it in another way. So if you just think about emotions as the energy that puts you in action or the energy that moves you, one company I work with who is a manufacturer uses the terminology fuel for action, which for them makes perfect sense. And they're all engineers. And once they landed on that way of describing emotions, suddenly they lost their mystery and and people began to talk about them and they began to become something quite normal for people. We know we have it. It's just that we don't have a way to talk about them. Mm. Well, I'm I'm starting to get on board. How... How is emotional literacy different from emotional intelligence? What are people doing with EQ these days? And what would you have us do differently mm-hmm. or in addition? Well, actually, I think they're, in one way, they're one and the same. If you, if you look into, at least the way I understand um, emotional intelligence, is that if you want to develop your emotional intelligence, one of the first steps is essentially emotional literacy. Mm-hmm. It's learning to name emotions, become familiar with them, to begin to work with them, use them. So I would say, well, it's more as if this emotional literacy or the practice of learning emotions is a subset of emotional intelligence. And the thing that happens is people have a 360 or they get their EQ and it says, you're emotionally ignorant. You're right. Well, I get some of those people as clients, and what mm-hmm. they say to me is, Dan, you know what, I'm, I could accept the fact that I'm emotionally ignorant. I know that, but what do I do about it? Mm-hmm. Where do I start? And my mm-hmm. point is, well, start learning, because mm-hmm. we can learn about the emotional domain. It's just that it hasn't been a topic that we've worked with, and I think that it's now becoming much more accepted. People are much more curious. And I give a lot of credit to Daniel Goldman for that. But I've seen such an enormous shift in the organizations I work 
been in the last 10 years. 10 years ago, people would say, we don't want to hear the E word, no touchy-feely <laughs> stuff. You know, we're not going there. And I would say, well, that's fine, except we can't really ignore it because it's here. It's already in the room. It's in the people. So we just need to address it in a way that's practical and useful. And that's really where a lot of this work came from. How do we have these conversations with people so they quit seeing emotions as something nebulous, unlearnable, scary, awkward, uncomfortable, because every single human has emotions. And if we could just see them, if we could just see them as normal, like Mm -hmm. breathing, eating, and sleeping, suddenly there's nothing to be embarrassed about. They're just this energy I'm feeling. It is what's going on. I can understand it. And it's actually there to support me. It's there to help me, not to make me uncomfortable. Yeah, I like that piece. Like, I want to connect the dots for anybody that's listening that that can't pull it together just yet. But I love hearing this piece of, like, emotion is energy. And I work with a lot of women who suppress their feelings. Mm -hmm. And there's this piece of, like, if we just acknowledge it or notice it and then actually, like, choose to move it, whether it's screaming Mm -hmm. more or talking about (laughs) it or, you know, whatever energetically, like, we can do to, like, not keep holding it in. My wife creates... uses that first one, the screaming thing. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. Well, um, well there's, there's, a, there's actually studies that show that if we can just name our emotions, already we can work with them differently. It mm-hmm. already takes some of the power out of this. And we all have had this experience. Just by being able to say, I'm so angry, mm-hmm. suddenly I'm not quite as angry anymore. Yeah. Now, Now, that's a very preliminary step, but what it shows you is it's not just simply that, oh, I can go around naming emotions here, there, and everywhere, like, you know, it's (laughs) just for fun. No, no, it actually has a very clear purpose, and it helps us. So, you know, I had a a very interesting, sad, some people would say, situation last year where my sister died, and she died of, of, of suicide. And she had struggled with depression for many years. But the thing that was so fascinating to me about it was my own experience going through that. And what I noticed was that because I've been working with this for so many years is I was able to simply notice the emotion that was showing up, listen to what it was trying to tell me, and allow it to be a guide. And it was fascinating because I didn't get caught in any emotion. I didn't get stuck in sadness. I didn't get stuck in any particular emotion. And one of the things I invite people to take a look at is to change the way they think about their relationship with emotions. And instead of trying to control them, which we've all tried to do, and it doesn't work for any of us, even to manage them is a little bit iffy for me. But if you can begin to navigate them, if you can begin to see them as currents, if you can see them as energy, if you can see, oh, okay, wow, I'm feeling sad. That's telling me I lost something I care about. I'm feeling angry. I see something unjust. If you can begin to understand them immediately when you feel them, suddenly they're not scary anymore. They're just simply part of life, and they're there to help you, to support you, to guide you. So. Are you, are you enrolled yet? Are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm very enrolled. Here's He's still what I'm getting on. He's no, still getting on. 
Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I here's what I notice. I have a question at the end of this long screed that's about to happen. So I appreciate uh-huh. so much what you said because, um, you know, as a as a human, as a male white, you know, male of a certain age in this culture, I can really see that. For example, you know, I used to uh, become engaged to my girlfriend and then and then would break up with her because she made me mad. And then when I got some awareness, thanks to lots and lots of therapy and supportive friends, that I was just mad and I could just say I'm mad and, you know, get through it, I got to save a lot more money uh, on jewelry, expensive jewelry. So that was good. Uh, So I can see real-life applications to being able to name your emotions. But you've heard me several times talk about or refer to cultural differences. Not only Mm -hmm. you're a man who's lived and worked all over the world, truly. Uh, Thank you for joining us from Barcelona today. But I'm wondering if we just look at the basic cultural differences between men and women. In my world... Women have more familiarity, um, trade more, and are more intelligent, generally speaking, about their emotions. Are you finding a difference between innate emotional literacy in women versus men? Or is that just something that's uh, from my dinosaur years and and age and tax bracket? Well, I can't give you a definitive answer, but here's, here's how I see it, is that all of us are wired in a particular way. So you have certain people who are, you know, wired where empathy is quite available to them, and some people who are wired where empathy is not so available to them. And I think that's true, you know, in terms of humans, just like, you know, my wife has an incredible sense of smell, and I don't smell things, she smells. It's not because she's trained it, it's because she's wired that way. So I would say, first of all, there's that side, there's the nature side. On the nurture side, I would say that, yeah, we all learned a relationship where we learned to think about emotions from a cultural perspective. And that included our gender and it included our culture, our religion, you know, where we lived in the country. I spent many years in the Midwest in the United States. So humility, right, is in my bones. It's an emotion that lived in my family. It's not that they had to teach this to me. I learned it. So I would say that, you know, we're, we learn emotions differently. We learn by being immersed in them, which means allowing ourselves to experience them, but also in the mood of the place or the culture or the family that we're part of. So to answer your question, I know women who are brilliant in terms of knowing and working with emotions. I know women who are terrible at it, who have very little skill at it. I know men the same way. And usually when this comes up in one of my trainings or with one of my coaches and they say, well, okay, what do you think? Do women have more emotions than men? Are they more emotional? And I say, you know what? For me, that's not even a conversation that's really useful. Here's the conversation that's useful to me, is all of us are emotionally ignorant. All of us could learn more. So let's just start there. Let's all get better at this, and then later we can have this other conversation. Because I have you know, never in my life met someone who isn't in the process of learning emotionally or doesn't have more than they can learn. Again, because we focus so much on cognitive learning, and this is a territory that we just really haven't paid attention to, and we haven't even known how to pay attention to it or how to help people learn it. You know, when I was growing up, I think my parents were great parents, and they were very supportive, but my (laughs) entire emotional learning was basically them saying, get over it. Right, walk it off. You know, (laughs) 
that's not all that useful as a, <laughs> as a tool. Yeah, you know, okay, I got what they wanted, but how? How do I get over it? What does that mean? There's one and so I th- get over it. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I think that this learning from the very beginning, what are emotions, how do they work, what do they do, what don't they do, how are they energy, how can we understand them, how do they make us want to move, what's their purpose. I think when we learn all of that basic stuff about emotions, it's kind of like learning uh, the alphabet, or it's like learning the, you know, the the digits, and then you put them together into numbers, and then you multiply them, and then you add them and divide them, etc. You mm-hmm. can begin to work with them, and this is really what I do with people, whether they're leaders, whether they're coaches, mm-hmm. whether they're just individuals who want to learn something in this area, is to say, look, you know, have you ever studied emotions? Have you ever? looked at it? Have you ever really dug into what are these things that are living inside of you that are moving you? Because if not, why don't you start there and let's see what happens. And I think the most beautiful thing that happens is sometimes people at the end of a workshop will come up and say, in fact, I had a man from Moscow come up to me at the end. He said, I'm, you know what I discovered? I have emotions and it's okay. And it was so beautiful. I mean, he, he, up until that point, couldn't even say that. And, you know, I still hear from him occasionally. And it really changed. It really changed the way he understood what it meant to be human. Mm -hmm. Man, that's so powerful. And our time is flashing by. So we got to get a few other pieces in here. One of them is I want to talk about shaming emotion because I think that there's a fair amount of that that's going on. And sometimes as coaches and people working, you know, leaders, we uh, either habitually or unknowingly can shame people's emotions rather than inviting it in. I know one time I was in a in uh, the an airplane in a flight and I was watching this movie and it was a terrible sad part and I was weeping softly in my seat as I often do. And uh, the flight attendant came over and did, "Are you crying?" And it was just like, mm. now I feel ashamed of my experience and my emotions. So I think as parents, as coaches, as leaders, we got to look for that. Um, and I know that you've got a lot of ways people I know, can interact I know. I, to find out more about emotional we gotta, Yeah, we got to tell the people because this is amazing. This is amazing stuff. I feel like everybody should jump on it, look into it, learn more about it. Um, if you want to learn more about Dan Newby, it's www.dannwby.me. No, no, you said that wrong. It's D-A-N. That's Dan Newby, N-E-W-B-Y dot oh. <laughs> me. Uh, yeah. I was like, wait, that's name. funny. Got it. And then, so he has <laughs> online courses Reading at issues. study, I know, the performance thing, uh, studyemotions.com. And if you contact him at dnewby, D-N-E-W-B-Y, at studyemotions.com, he is willing to offer a discount of $200 on the online training and mentor coaching That's program. incredible. That's an amazing, that's like almost half price. That's amazing. Yeah. 200 bucks off by sending an email to dnewby, that's D-N-E-W-B-Y, at studyemotions.com. Um, and check out the book, The Unopened Gift. I really wanted to dive into that more, but now I'm just going to have to go get it. In emotional literacy. Dan, we've got about a minute left in our time together today, and I want to give it all to you. What would you have 50,000 or so coaches know or take on today with regard to our own emotional literacy or using this... Uh, awareness in our work today? Um, I would just say that as a coach, it will amplify your coaching over and over. It's as powerful as language once you begin to work with emotions. And I I see it really as a coming thing. If you look at 
the main skills that are going to make us successful in the future with all the artificial intelligence, et cetera, it really has to do with how do we have relationships, how do we interact with people, what about emotional intelligence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's all, if you look at the top, you know, 10 skills, they're all related to emotion. So I would say that leaders need this, human beings need this. As coaches, it gives you a tremendous amount of insight into what's happening with your coachee. Mm -hmm. It's clear that you care about this and that you're out on the cutting edge of this work. Again, the website is Dan Newby, that's D-A-N-N-E-W-B-Y dot me, not dot com or any of those others, Dan Newby dot me, M-E. Or go and check out studyemotions.com. And, oh. of course, 200 bucks if you write an email to D-Newby, D-N-E-W-B-Y, at studyemotions.com. Well, Clarice, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. We'll have to have you back and find out thank all you. about living in Barcelona. Um, Clarice, that's another edition of the Coaching Show behind Amazing. us. A great show to do, right? So we good. learn stuff. Okay. Uh, that would be Clarice Connolly. You can find her online at empoweringwomen.coach. Uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe. You can find me at ChristopherMcAuliffe.com or right here each and every week bringing people out on the cutting edge of coaching. Thanks for listening. Nowadays, Internet devices are an integral part of your home. Everyone in your family has a smartphone, tablet, or a computer. Life is easier knowing that all your devices are secured and your family can surf the Internet carefree. ESET Multi-Device Security Pack does just that. One license for all your devices. With ESET, it's simple to stay protected and save money. Enjoy safer technology with ESET Multi-Device Security Pack at ESET.com. That's E-S-E-T dot com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. 
Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past. 